What's going on, Bourbon Real Talk family? And if you've been around the whiskey community long, you know that there are always rumors of bourbons that could be disappearing soon mm -hmm. or becoming highly allocated. So yep. we've got the top 10 bourbons that you should be hunting down right now before they're no longer on shelves. So stick around. All right, first off, we're gonna have a little disclaimer so that we don't get too many troll comments. We're still gonna get troll comments, uh, wait, but anyways. Doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, so first off, availability is not the same everywhere. Right. So we may mention something and you're like, what the heck? I already can't find that on my shelves. We can find it here in Texas. Or, you or, may say, I see that all the time. That's not hard that's to find. That's not hard to find. And we're guessing here, okay? There's right. gonna be some logic behind all of our recommendations, all right? But we are guessing. So if we turn out to be wrong, we never claimed to have a crystal ball. Yeah, just add it to the list of things we've been wrong about. Yeah, which in every episode, there's several. Yeah, so. Y'all tell me every time. We're not afraid to be wrong. Not afraid These to be wrong. These are our recommendations. Recommendations. Our forecasting. Forecasting. All right, number one, benchmark. <laughs> so benchmark <laughs> is just now, it's a Buffalo Trace product. It's it's uh, it's mash bill one, so it's yep. like Stag Junior Junior, yep. right? Because they have a foolproof that's 125. So it's the closest thing that you can get to Stag Junior. And I predict that it is going to disappear off the shelves even though they just started yeah, wider we, distribution. It's a dang shame because we literally just got it in Texas here. Yeah. And um, you're absolutely right. Um, in the not too far distant future, I could imagine myself going into the stores where I normally would see it and saying, what the heck, man? Where's all the, uh, the good old benchmark? And they're like, well, we only get that every once in a while. You know, all the typical excuses. So all the typical. if you yeah. see it, grab it. Number two is early times. Now, I don't expect early times to actually disappear off the shelves. Yeah. But what's going to happen is early times was manufactured by Brown Foreman, got that bought by Sazerac. Sazerac has announced that they're gonna start distillation at 1792 for that product line. But when they bought the name, they bought all of the inventory that was in stock. And at some point that's gonna run out. And if you've been around the whiskey world for very long, you know that when a brand changes something, like they drop an age statement or it switches where it's being distilled at, everyone goes, oh my God, the old stuff was so amazing and the new stuff sucks so bad. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's gonna want an old bottle of early times that has the original juice. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. And so if you're curious, I would probably pick some of those up. Yeah. Always have a bunker because at some point that's gonna go. Away. Yeah, early times as we know it could be changing is the way, as far as the flavors, obviously where it's distilled. So if you see a bottle now on the shelf, you might wanna grab it. Sure. Number three, Four Roses. Mm, I um, love the old Four Roses, especially that Jim Rutless juice. Jim Rutless juice, right. So uh, we have had the pleasure of hanging out with Brent Elliott, amazing mm -hmm. guy. He took over in 2015, but Four Roses is aged usually around six, seven years. Right. And so that means that the Jim Rutledge juice is going to disappear. Mm -hmm. And if logic follows, there's going to be whiskey nerds that go, oh man, Brent Elliott's juice isn't as good as Jim Rutledge's juice. And I really like these old bottles because they taste so much better. Um, beyond that, there's a chance that Four Roses could actually disappear off shelves, or at least the the, the more premium lines, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you remember, you used to be able to go to any liquor store and they'd have a Four Roses single barrel? Right. Uh, cash drink yeah. and now no. no 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 so that's usually how it starts some of those cash strength barrel strength stuff is it's the first to go and then everything kind of follows behind that but nothing wrong with the Brunelli juice we've had that it's great it's really stuff good. but similar to the early early times as you know it 
it may be leaving. Maybe so changing. Grab it when you see it. All right, so number four is the Wild Turkey Premium products, mm -hmm. such as your Russell's Reserve, your possibly your 101, right. which could be sad. That's um, not that's not the premium line, but there's a chance that right. we could lose 101 at some point. I mean, the Kentucky Spirit's in there. Rare breed is already not super easy to find. Right. Um, but it's been rumored for a while that Russell's Reserve, especially the Russell's Reserve 10-year, mm -hmm. um, is, is becoming harder and harder to find, so grab it when you see it. I've heard that rumor for about a year now, of ever since I've been collecting, and so every time I see one, I try to grab one, just make sure I have a bunker. But. See, and one of the things that's interesting about Wild Turkey is that their average product age is higher mm -hmm. than the other distilleries' product ages that are at that same price point right which means that they have to be able to predict further into the future mm -hmm. and that is the reason why i think that even 101 one day could disappear off shelves as we know it today because it's an average of eight years old right and so if and demand keeps keep growing yeah. you know what what, what are you going to do yeah how long can you keep that up obviously inflation things are becoming more expensive so how how much longer can they keep putting out that higher aged stuff at the price that they are probably not too much longer so that's why it's on the list mm -hmm. hey nice hat hey thanks nice lanyard nice rocks class thanks man <laughs> nice travel case nice blend topper thank you nice candle nice bottle bag thanks man that's a nice tumbler nice woman's t-shirt oh thanks nice uh extra schmedium shirt Get yourself some nice things and get all the compliments that come along with it. Shop bourbonrealtalk.com. So next up we have Knob Creek, mm. uh, specifically the 12 and 15 year. Now the 15 year is already pretty difficult to find. Mm. But if you've been involved in whiskey for any amount of time, it wasn't that long ago that every store had a Knob Creek single barrel. Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted the, I mean, 11 years were just everywhere, 11 right. and a half years. But every so often one would come out that was about a 15 year product and everybody would lose their minds and it was always so good. Mm -hmm. Knob Creek does really well at higher ages. Yep. And they have drastically cut that back. At one point they even stopped the barrel program altogether so that they would have juice for their regular releases of the batch product of 12 and 15 year. Yeah. And it's become so popular, I, I think that it will disappear off shelves. Yeah, I, to this day, I swear that a, a, a Knob Creek single barrel um, is some of the best whiskey mm -hmm. that I've had out there. That's It just knocks everything else out of the water in blinds, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But if you see it on the shelves, if you see a single barrel, I tell all my friends, grab one, Shoot, grab one for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I you don't even have to call. I'm not going to be upset. Just grab one. I'll, I'm, at that price, I'll, I'll, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy. I mean, it's 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 great stuff. So, I'd be really sad if it's not available. Mm. Now, the next up on the list, Old Granddad, one fourteen. It's been around. The, the news has been out. Hey, mm -hmm. this could be the next one to become allocated. This could be the next one to disappear off shelves. And I mean, just this week, I went into two different stores and saw 20 to 30 bottles sitting there. Mm -hmm. So where I'm at now, it's still easy to find. But how much longer is that going to last? That's the question. And I throw Old Granddad Bottle and Bond in that same category. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that there were months that I went into the store and there was a slot on the shelf for OGD yep. and it was empty. Yep. And so it's kind of one of those products where when it hits, it hits and it's available and you can get it. But I am fearful right. that it will become allocated as many other birds. I hope have. not. It's yeah. so good. So good. Something that's 
already hard to find in some areas. Mm -hmm. And if you find it, you're most likely going to grab it. And that's the Weller Special Reserve. Mm -hmm. That's a green um, label. It's the green level stuff. It's typically supposed to be the easiest, the, the base level of what Weller puts out. Um, terrific bourbon, but the concern with it becoming even more allocated and hard to find really comes from their expansion that Buffalo Trace is doing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, with obviously putting, I don't know, million, billions? billions? 1.3 billion. Wow, that's a, that's a big number. So they're going to uh, ramp up production quite a bit, a lot more storage, and with that, they're probably gonna wanna use a lot of that storage for some of their higher end, more profit margin type of whiskeys like your Van Winkles and your you know, higher end Wellers, yeah. higher end Wellers, William Wellers Brew, whatever. Yeah, because every barrel that goes into Special Reserve, if they'd kept it around longer, it could have been made into another product exactly. that would have been more expensive. Yeah. Right. So when you add that, add that factor in the expansion that's happening, it wouldn't be surprising to see less and less and less Weller out there. Right. And and I'm not expecting any of the new pr production capacity to affect even the Weller Special Reserve market for probably another five years from today. Mm -hmm. And between now and then, it's probably gonna disappear off shelves. Yeah. So next up, we have Old Forester 1910 and 1920. I don't have any specific data that leads me to believe that these will disappear off shelves, except the only thing that they have that's above that is Old Forester Birthday Bourbon, right. and that's disappeared for years and years. Right, yeah. And when you go onto a forum and you say, what's a quality bourbon that I can get that's under 60 bucks every single time? One of the number one answers are these two bottles. Right. Old Forester 1910 and 1920. I figure if there's that many people talking about it and that many new people getting interested going out and buying it, there's a good chance it's going to disappear. Absolutely. It's going to be one of those demand issues mm -hmm. um, because you're absolutely right. One of the first bourbons that I was ever recommended when I started my journey was an Old Forester 1920. And I've kept that thing on the shelf ever since then because it is so good. And so, I always recommend it to people too. Yeah, so same here. it makes sense that uh, when you've got such a gap between the 1920 all the way up to the birthday bourbon stuff, um, it's people are gonna most likely wanna pick one of those up rather than search and hunt down a, a birthday bourbon. Sure. Next up on the list is 1792 small batch, which is already allocated in some places. And um, the 1792 full proof, the bottled and bond stuff used to be super easy to go into a store. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And, and now that's hard to find. Um, you, when you see it on the shelf, it's usually a limit one mm -hmm. and uh, you better get in there quick to find one. And given the recent news of Sazerac moving some of their distilling into 1792, it just creates more of a bottleneck there, a lot more demand. And so it would make sense that the small batch would soon follow the hard to find whiskeys that the bottled and bond and the foolproof have already become. Yeah. And last but not least, we have everything Bowman. So you've got Abraham Bowman, you've got John J. Bowman. There's different lines from the Bowman lines. It's Bowman Brothers Distillery. And the reason why I think this is going to go allocated is because of Blanton's. Mm. So a lot of people don't know this, but Bowman is actually the same distillate as Blanton's, which is Buffalo Trace Mash Bill 2. It's their slightly higher rye mash bill. And they take the high wine, so it gets run through the still twice. And instead of putting it into a barrel and then aging it and turning it into Blanton's or some mm -hmm. other product line, yeah. they put it in a shipping container and they ship it to Virginia where Bowman Brothers Distillery is. Yeah. And they run it through their still one more time. So they have a, a pot still that they run it through one time. And technically, because they are distilling it in the state, they get to 
kind of deceive people into believing that it is a Virginia-based whiskey. Right, yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that the pot still isn't doing squat because the <laughs> column still already stripped everything out. Yeah. Um, and I think that once people start to realize that this is the kind of gettable Blantons, yep. mm -hmm. uh, it's going to have the same impact that it did on Rock Hill Farms and Elmer T. Lee, and people are going to start buying up Bowman products for that reason. Uh -huh. So that's our top 10 list. That's it. So. Definitely get out there on your hunting and get after some of these bottles. Get a backup if you can, um, and uh, let's let's preserve this as long as we can. As this long is as some we good can. Good stuff. Good stuff. If this is your first time watching the podcast. We'd like to thank you for viewing and let you know a little bit about our show philosophy. We are about bringing people together around spirits, and that's a concept that's really especially important to me because I lost a loved one to suicide. And in the aftermath of that, I was trying to find a way to bring people together. I didn't want people to feel alone the way that I, I figured my brother did when he made that decision. And I saw people in the whiskey enthusiast community connecting with one another, even people that you would think wouldn't normally connect in their everyday lives. And that's just the power of whiskey, bringing people together. And so that has inspired Wes and I to start Bourbon Real Talk Community, um, where there's a lot of connection and and camaraderie there and you can kind of become part of the family uh, but in the journey and in interacting with people in these online forums i have seen kind of negativity from the whiskey trolls mm -hmm. and they try to run everybody's fun they're only there for themselves and they say hateful things to strangers online and you're not going to find any troll-like behavior in bourbon real talk community mm -hmm. uh, but it did make me realize that if these people can hate you online i can love you online and that's why we end every podcast the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that we, we love, love you. you. We'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. You know what I just realized? I did that whole episode with zero whiskey in my glass. That's fine. And yeah. it's so it's so fitting for the episode. Right, because we're running out of whiskey. It's whiskey and we couldn't cheers at the end. We couldn't cheers at the end because both of us were whiskey free. So this just proves that this show is absolutely, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Because whiskey will disappear. It's going to disappear. And, especially uh, when it's in a glass in front of me. Yes, it's, mine's all gone. <laughs> a whiskey troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face-to-face -face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior. Hey guys, I'm new here. I just got my first Blanton's. And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the Blanton's, but nice <laughs> There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary, idiot. Oh, I know how you got that bottle. So. Are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up. Hey, welcome to the group. Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's Gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It was the birthday to my son, and we enjoy it every year on his birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't head over to facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.